This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I am Eric Branson. with me as always, my good friend and co-host, Joe Peterson. How's it going tonight, Joe? Pretty good, pretty good. Still uh, um, nice and relaxed from your recent journey to uh, warmer climes? Is that yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did a, a little getaway to the Dominican Republic for spring break. It's like a thing we've literally never done before, so we... Tried something, tried something new, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, very relaxing. Literally, sit on a beach in eighty-five degree weather for three days. Like, yeah, I can do that. So. Yeah, sounds nice. I, I'm a little bit envious because it's been like, well, with pandemic and kids mm-hmm. and like all that stuff, it's been a long, long time since we've had like a vacation, vacation. Like we've traveled and done family stuff and and such, but. I'm kind of long overdue, or feel like I'm long overdue for something like that. Just kind of turn my brain off for a couple of days, which never actually works with me. Yeah, I I try, but uh, I think I uh, annoy the hell out of my wife whenever we're on like a beach vacation like that. Because I'll I'll get a good like couple hours in, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Let's go do something. Like, yeah, so I usually my am. brain just doesn't. Uh... I usually <laughs> am. I'm usually the one who's like. Running up and down the beach, collecting shells still, you know, or like, <laughs> right. oh, I, was, I, I found some goggles, I'm going to use them, you know, I, I'm that guy, I get bored <laughs> just sitting like, on the beach. Staring at me, like, how old are you? Like, I'm like building sandcastles and shit. Yeah, but, but yeah. this time I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here, and I'm going to I'm gonna drink these beers, and I'm just going to sit in the sand and like look out at the waves. And That does I, help, it, yeah, it get a couple nice. drinks in you and just zone out. And, yeah. Yeah, it stare was, at the it was, ocean. It was it was rough. It was really rough. Yeah, it, yeah, it, was, it sounds it was, terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, one star would not repeat. No, it was great. Um, but uh, but you know the thing is, too, we were originally supposed to go back in November. It didn't work out because my daughter got sick, and so we had, you know, we had to reschedule everything. Um, mm-hmm. But in the in the end, I feel like it was a little bit better because now. It, that would have been really rough. Like, oh yeah, we went did this for November, and then we come back and we still have all of Wisconsin winter. Yeah, like it kind of would have made it just so much worse coming home. Yeah, and so in this case, it's like okay, we you know we, we did it in March, and it's like all right, it, we might get some snow here and there, but we're we're done with the frigid temps for a while. So yeah, like the truly truly like sub zero stuff that's behind us for the year. So that. If I were to do it again, that's that's how I'd do it. Same way, I go in the spring. But, yeah, makes it worth like getting through the the worst part of winter. Yeah, gives you something to look forward to. Um, you know, because otherwise, I think that would have kind of sucked. But <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, just um, I'm trying to hold on to that 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 beach vibe. You know, like hold on to it as yeah. long as you can. Don't don't get stressed out. Try not to get stressed out about anything. Yeah. Um, not to sound like you know those guys you run into at like a Jimmy Buffett concert or something, but I think it works. Like for a couple of days, like when I you come so. home from somewhere like that, you can actually like hang on to that for a while, and then I'll eventually it, it it's like oh shit, I'm back in the Midwest. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to trying not to think about that. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> No, it you're was, welcome. Yeah, uh, thanks. Yeah, you're here. That's, that's my, you're here my, forever. It's my jealousy <laughs> kicking in there. Like, yeah, you're back in the Midwest now, though. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, you like that shit? <laughs> where's Where's your Mai Tai now, asshole? <laughs> no, it was uh, it was cool, and you know, you get to meet people and try new foods, and you know, try yeah. lots and lots and lots and lots of drinks. My God. Um, but overall, yeah, the trying yeah. new foods thing has has the only thing that kind of bit me uh, when I was in Mexico. Once I tried, like they had a big like seafood boil thing, and 
kind of ruined a day and a half of the trip for me because oh, I think yeah. I ate so ate some bad seafood. But other than that, I, I yeah every every time I've gone to something like that, it's always I, been a good time. I did try a couple of things on this trip that I hadn't had before, um, and one of them I really liked and I shouldn't like, and the other one I didn't care for, and I don't know if it's just I didn't like it or it was prepared weird. But that mm. was steak tartare. Uh, I, yeah. I tried steak tartare and I was like, this kind of has a consistency of wet cat food mm, and yeah. just tasted kind of oniony and weird. And I don't know if that's normal or not. Um, but what I found that I really liked, but God, I felt guilty liking it was foie gras. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> just uh. like knowing how it's made. I'm like, Oh, it's terrible. It's so terribly delicious, my God. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've heard I've heard it's very delicious. I've never never tried it. I would be a little bit on the fence about it, but yeah. yeah. I do I do always say I'll try, you know, try anything once, at least food wise. Yeah, I'll try anything but. five or six times. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, various concentrations. Yeah. But yeah, so so we were talking a little bit about it before uh, before we started recording, but I finally finished uh, the book of Boba Fett the yeah. other day. So that's probably super old news to most people, at least if you're you know Star Wars people out there. But uh, I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. a lot of fun. I I I mean I could I could make a couple little gripes if need be, but I think my general entertainment level throughout it was on on par with the Mandalorian series. So I don't know. I don't really get all the all the griping, so and I never only, do get get all the griping, you know. But the only gripe that I have really like, I was disappointed with about it, and this is going to be a minusculely, stupidly small spoiler. Um, was we're we're teased with Danny Trejo as a rancor wrangler. Yeah, and, that, and he's only in it for like one scene. <laughs> I was hoping he came with the Rancor and we were going to get him like I know. A, scene, a scene or two with him in like every episode, but yeah, nope. But it's like, yeah. he just, he feels like he belongs in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I thought he was perfect for it and they should have, you know, used him for more than one day, but <laughs> honestly, he's a guy I, I always love seeing in movies. He, um, you know, he, I, I would like to see, has he, has he been in the MCU? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. He would have made a good whiplash. I mean, it was fine with what they did, but he would have, I thought, made a good whiplash. Um, yeah. But they just need to get him in more things. I mean, he's he gets into, a, like, A-list stuff, and everybody kind of knows his name. And if you don't know his name, you know his face for sure. But uh, he doesn't get a whole lot in uh, the way of, like, meaty, like, good roles. And I actually think he's pretty good in stuff, so. Yeah. So, yeah. But... He's also... Uh, Owns a owns a chain of restaurants on the West Coast. I don't know if a chain, but like a couple locations of Trejo's Tacos, and I have his cookbook that is his restaurant. Oh, really? Cookbook. Yeah, and uh, I made some stuff out of it, and it's it's really good. <laughs> like, oh, that's I've been awesome! Very, really impressed with it. So, um, yeah, if I'm ever out where uh, I know there's at least one location in LA, I think there's multiple locations. I don't know that for sure. I could just Google it, but I'm not going to right now. Look it up if you're in that area. <laughs> And you haven't already been, but nice. yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah. let's see. This week we're going to be looking. We, we kind of changed some things around in our schedule a little bit because of yeah. of uh, the unfortunate passing of really a great American actor, and we wanted yeah. to, uh, to pay tribute by reviewing one of their their better known early films. Yeah, so a little bit of a somber note again, which seems to be happening. <laughs> more often than I'd like these days with, uh, you know, losing um, a, another talent from the film world. But yeah, with uh, William Hurt passed away a couple of weeks ago by our time, so um, be even a little further out by the time you're hearing this. But um, yeah, so we uh, are actually going to look at what is his debut movie, which I didn't realize when we picked this out. I'd seen this one before, but this is his first feature film. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is 1980's Altered States. In the basement of one of the country's leading medical schools, Dr. Edward Jessup, candidate for a Nobel Prize, is conducting the most dangerous experiment in the history of science. And the subject of the experiment is himself. 
Ask him what kind of an experience I can expect. during these blackout periods is you get the feeling of phenomenal acceleration like you're being shot out over millions billions of years time simply obliterates you guys are shooting off with an untested drug that stacks up in the brain and works in the nucleus of the cell and you don't call that dangerous now i'm asking you to put the experiment off until we understand a little more in order to minimize the no risk way. i'm really frightened we could be screwing around with this whole genetic structure now how do we stop this We've got millions of years stored away in that computer bank we call our minds. We have got trillions of dormant genes in us, our whole evolutionary past. Perhaps I've tapped into that. He may be on to something that is beyond our own comprehension now. Because I believe him, I want this thing stopped. The hell was that? You okay? If you love me, if you love me, Eddie, defy it! Altered States. Altered States was uh, directed by Ken Russell. And, um, yeah, stars William Hurt, uh, Blair Brown, Bob Balaban, and um, written by uh, Sidney Aaron, which is actually a uh, pen name for the uh, writer and novelist Patty, uh, is it Chayefsky? Patty Chayefsky? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so he... Uh, used this uh, pen name to write this because of um, uh, for reading the Wikipedia page a lot of drama that uh, <laughs> unfolded between him and Ken Russell on set so uh, anyway get you a quick synopsis of this one respected scientist and psychology professor Edward Jessup decides to combine his experiments in, in sensory deprivation tanks with powerful hallucinogenic hallucinogenic drugs convinced that it may help him unlock different states of consciousness the experiments are a success at first but as jessup continues his work he begins to experience altered mental and also physical states as he spends more time in the sensory deprivation his grip on reality begins to slip away yep yeah this god do you remember the first time you saw this one i do um i think it was in college or shortly after um but yeah i i got a copy of it on i believe it was still a vhs tape at the time and it was one of those buys like i feel i feel like it was around the time they were like closing um closing out vhs tapes so i'd go into uh, either a best buy or there was a store in rockford i'm sure you remember it called media play that was yeah. kind of a, a book it, kind of like a borders but with a little more emphasis on movies and, su- and such um but they're um, they're just kind of getting rid of VHS tapes, I think, and they were down to costing you know maybe five bucks a piece or something. This was in a stack that I found of like you know interesting looking VHS tapes that a place is getting rid of, and I can't remember what store I got it from, but um, yeah, and I think I, I carried that. It was probably I bet that was late high school if they were clearing out uh, VHS, but I think I still had it with me when i moved away to go to college and i think i remember watching this one with a group of us one time um mm-hmm. don't remember for sure but yeah i think i saw this at some point in college um which at that point was you know it was over 20 years old um mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure yeah like bad vhs copy or something and then <laughs> yeah. Later on in grad school, I was in a big lots, and for they had this on DVD, and so either I still have it or because we watched a, a, a copy of this one that, that you've produced. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I I think I have a copy of this one that I got on DVD. But yeah, this, so this was one I'd seen a few times, but it'd been a few years, and so you know what inspired us to you know watch this, unfortunately, was the passing of William Hurt. So yeah. figured this was uh, a good a good excuse as any to to dust this one off. There's bad excuse of any to yeah. dust this one off, I guess. I mean, it may or may not be the most appropriate 
you know, movie William Hurt movie for this podcast, but it certainly certainly is an appropriate one for this podcast. So. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, uh, it, he was still very active up until his death. I mean, he was Thunderbolt yeah. Ross in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it was a right. very good one too. Um, but and of course, there were you know, uh, the Big Chill is another well-known film that that he was in, uh, which yeah, is I one remember. that we should cover at some point. Yeah, and I remember being really uh, taken with him, which what I thought of at the time as a later role of his. Uh, but I mean, he continued to be active for many years after. But the uh, David Cronenberg film, A History of Violence, he's incredibly good in. Oh I yeah, he gotten a supporting actor nomination for it. But um, yeah, he he's incredible in that, and I don't know, he's he's great in a lot of stuff. And I think uh, yeah, he will he will be very very much missed i did not realize and i think i said this on the intro but did not realize that when picking this movie out we actually picked out his debut yeah uh, film so didn't realize that until turning it on that uh and not only his either um this one also was the uh debut of drew barrymore oh yeah i didn't realize that she was she one of the kids yeah 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 i didn't realize that i knew they were like the little kids but i didn't put two and two together i guess you yeah. didn't recognize her either but she plays margaret jessup okay yeah so one of the daughters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i also didn't ever place blair brown like she's she's plays the jessup's wife in this movie and uh that i had enjoyed her amongst other television shows but she was on the show uh, fringe i don't know if you watched which mm-hmm. actually <laughs> coincidentally has some like story elements in con- in connection with altered states but um but yeah i did as you know and obviously many years had passed between the two and i didn't put together that that was the same actress but Mm. yeah so anyway yeah yeah, good good cast i know that when um ken russell took over this movie from there's a prior director and uh due to some um I don't remember if he had some issues with the the writer as well, but he decided to to walk off of the film. Uh, But it had been the prior director's um, prerogative to cast um, relatively unknown actors. So we got, you know, um, William Hurt in his first role, Blair Brown in an early role, um, Bob Balaban in an early role as well. And he'll go on to, you'll notice, if you don't know him by name, you certainly would recognize him because he's in a lot of stuff. but uh, yeah, so the, they mm-hmm. they the original director purposely uh, had cast un, unknown actors. I thought they the the thought was that they would work with the the material better, and they didn't think they needed a star power. I don't know, whatever. But when Ken Russell came in, he decided to stick with it because the the um, cast had the blessing of the writer, and it sounds like the writer uh, Patty Chayefsky. Um, was kind of a presence on, on this movie set and uh, ended up getting into it with Ken Russell and eventually getting banned from the set entirely. But um, it sounded like they... Depends who who's camp. I guess there's a book about the making of this movie because it was so tumultuous between the two of them. It depends who... Yeah, I guess what I was saying. It depends whose perspective you take this from. Um, I think common consensus is Ken Russell actually did kind of bend over backwards to to try and do everything that this guy wanted and eventually he was just like you know what i'm i'm the director i have to make this movie with my own eyes i can't have you doing everything or i can't you know we can't bend to every little whim that you have or we can't you know reshoot everything in the movie because you're unhappy with it or so anyway they had a falling out and yeah sounds like it was the second director that he kind of burned out but anyway it is a from a screenplay perspective a incredibly dense um, screenplay, and not necessarily in a bad way, but uh, Ken Russell actually mentions in a couple of quotes from that book that they tried to be as faithful to the original screenplay as they could, but did end up having to take like large chunks of dialogue out. And I was like, I'm wow. thinking, just watching this film, like, wow, there is so much dialogue, and to think that they actually have trimmed from the original screenplay is, I don't know, intense. There's there's a couple of scenes in this movie that don't involve people talking a million miles an hour, but in general, it's a very like talky movie uh, with lots yes. of high concept stuff going on. And um, yeah, so. yeah, that was I think something that I 
I noticed the first time I saw it was the portrayal of this kind of crazy level of academic research. Um, mm-hmm. the, the scene in particular where um, William Hurts, Eddie Jessup, is a thing just meeting Emily Blair Brown. And, and he's just kind of going a mile a minute about how he doesn't talk about his research, but this stuff's getting, you know, it's coming out. Um, and they're walking along in front of one of the buildings and he just starts turning around, pretty much just like propositions are to go have sex. Hmm. And it's just very blunt and direct. And even when then they later get divorced, he's talking about it as this, if I don't release myself this monotony, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. And it's yeah. just this very cold, mechanical... He's he, he's a bit nuts. He is somebody who, and not in a, not in a negative way necessarily at, at all, um, who in modern context I think would be described as on the spectrum. Like, he's very... Um, I could see that. Yeah. Very, very, very focused, hyper, almost genius level focused on, you know, his, his research and his work and he's pushing boundaries. He's obviously very talented, but he, he's become obsessed. He doesn't have very good interpersonal skills <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, um, but, but Emily as a character is fascinated with him, I think, because of, you know, what he is professionally and that he is uh and i think you as the viewer kind of go along with that as well because it is there's a lot of fascinating concepts that they're exploring um through the research and and what that is is i think it said in the the synopsis but um is they are using a brand of south american mushrooms to produce um psychedelic effects and then um putting people into isolation tanks so we're talking big big water tanks where it would be you know dark and um similar to the 1960s experiments of like timothy leary and um there's another name in history i didn't do my my actual research at all um but there's uh, some of the research that was done with that lsd in uh, the 60s um yeah but yeah so certainly kind of playing off of that idea of exploring the human subconscious via the use of psychedelics and isolation uh, sensory deprivation yeah and it it, it's a slow burn but it 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 builds and it definitely builds and it's worth the slow burn i think Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i think so too you know there's not not to like give away a grade too quickly or anything but it definitely does does have a nice build to it um Essentially, what what starts happening is he starts having visions, essentially like ancient memories, right? So yeah. visions of a primordial, well, first like a, a more primitive or uh, you know less derived state of like almost like an australopithecine or something, and then it keeps going back until eventually it's essentially like a primordial consciousness or energy, and. The scene when he comes out and he literally has like the vocal cords of a gorilla mm-hmm. until they kind of get back to normal. Uh, yeah. That's when you know, like, oh, there's some weird shit going on here. Yeah, yeah because the the mental, um, the altered states, so with the, the title of the movie that he's going into become physical as well like eventually his body starts to actually morph and change and then um like we were talking about just before we started recording there's a, there's a fair amount of like body horror type uh yeah horror in this movie because the 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 changes that his body's undergoing when he's in these in these states um so it's not just allowing his consciousness to kind of explore the roots of, of of human shared consciousness if you if you subscribe to that sort of thing i think that's kind of what the the movie or the story is subscribing to um but also not only is he able to get there with his mind but his body is actually following in in that path as well and and has opened the door the other way so he, we're getting the impression that his mind is traveling away towards the beginning of the film and then all of a sudden we come to the realization about halfway through, like, no, it's actually the opposite. Like, it's it's manifesting physically, yeah. you know, here in the present. So, um, 
yeah, it's it's crazy. It's got a lot of heady concepts, and um, but they're pretty well they're pretty well explained without ever feeling like forced. Like it doesn't do like you know any like text screen or info dump kind of stuff to you. It 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 lets uh, Doctor Jessup be the voice for his you know his research and stuff. And I think they do a good job, or the screenplay does a good job of explaining some some pretty. Um, out there concepts and making it work like it's uh i'm not sure how literally i think there's a lot of like a good scientific basis to this like where it starts off like it's baseline i'm not sure where it goes is really <laughs> anything more than you know um speculative fiction but it's it's fun and it's a cool ride and it's got a lot of uh cool concepts a lot of really great uh psychedelic um ish um scenes and such that remind me that that's where we get the most ken russell stuff about this movie so it reminds me of some of the um kind of fantasy sequences in the the other ken russell film we've done on the podcast and that's layer of the white worm right um that the um fugue state kind of uh psychedelic hallucinations that that jessup has in this movie Mm -hmm. Uh, especially the early ones where they're more like religious kind of iconography and and people rather than the the um, cavemen and the eventually primordial, primordial ooze that <laughs> he will uh, manifest himself as, but um, yeah, it looks a lot like um, other Ken Russell movies to me. That's that, that's where we get the most Ken Russell. The rest of it's very, um, very tame for uh, Ken Russell style wise, in my opinion. Like, and I've not seen a ton of his movies, but it's like a lot of, you know, longer takes and, uh, it, you know, letting the actors kind of do a lot of the, the scenes, um, yeah. in longer take. Yeah. I mean, this kind of script, I think lends itself well to that, but. Well, and I think that, you know, comparing this to layer of the white worms, a good one too, because you're right. They, when he goes psychedelic dream state, it's fucking the same weird, like weird <laughs> yeah. shit. Um, the difference is in Lair of the White Worm, the story also involves some these bizarre characters and there's little hints at stuff going on. But this one is so dense and talky in between the, the batshit trippy stuff mm -hmm. that it makes those scenes of the hallucinogenics and the dream states seem so much more jarring because there's nothing to kind of tease them along the way. Um... But yeah, I, I we were talking about directorial styles of, of people like Tim Burton and Edgar Wright and stuff before we started recording, and this would be another one I would say. You know, the the few Steve uh, or uh, you know not Steve, the few Russell films that I've seen, um, they're kind of the same. Ken Russell films are kind of the same way. There's a mm -hmm. style there, but it doesn't. It's not too in your face. It's just yeah. like these certain aspects, um, which is kind of cool. But, and actually, I wanted to uh, mention a little bit too about the story here. Apparently, the early versions it was supposed to be kind of this is kind of a, a version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. I which think that's really cool. Thematically, is still very strong in this script. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really cool. I, in a way, it is kind of an updated version. Um, yeah, especially but, the, the, at the point where I mean it progresses all over the place, but like at the point where he's becoming, you know, the uh, primitive man, um, right? It's uh, or primitive human, I should say. Um, yeah, because because I think you know you go back to the source material of Robert Louis Stevenson's novel, um, Strange Case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and certainly Mister Hyde is described as being you know, not only in his actions, but also in his appearance, a more primitive man. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think those themes are very strongly there. It doesn't, you know, obviously Jekyll doesn't progress into whatever happens in the third act of this movie, which I'm not sure I can really, you know, put, put into words. You got to see it, I think, but, um, yeah, it, <laughs> it definitely gets out there. <laughs> Oh yeah, but I think that's what really attracted me to this after I saw it the first time. I mean, the I remember the box art, mm -hmm. and you know, at video stores and stuff like that. Uh, you know, William Hurt upside down with the weird stuff on his head. Um, 
but I think when I finally saw it, this is I I kind of connected with it right away just because of the the it's gutsy to to have scenes like this one that are so trippy. Yeah. Um, so that was actually something I always kind of liked about it too. Uh, what what are your thoughts overall on the effects? This one's a, it's surprisingly effects heavy. Yes, like, it is. It, I it didn't expect it to be, and I'm always yeah, and, surprised and, no matter how many times I see it. And the special makeup effects because there's a lot of digital like uh, effects in it as well, uh, but the special makeup effects were done by Dick Smith, which uh, who is um, in the middle of just apparently when he did this movie still developing his uh, groundbreaking. Um, air bladder effects and um that definitely on display here like the entire <laughs> um transformation scene that we see in the camera when uh, jessup is in the tank and is transforming into this um caveman type creature that he becomes uh, definitely all air bladders but it's a really cool effect of the like basically looks like his his head is not only kind of like bulging and bubbling but kind of you can see it almost changing shape. It's it's done so well. So yeah, there's like uh, an undulation. Yeah, and then the the his arm at multiple points in the film also does that, and you can tell. I mean, it it if you want to break down the special effects, but like yeah, it's, they're certainly using those like, like pulsing air bladders, but it's a very effective effect, and it just like it looks painful as hell. <laughs> it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a good transformation. Um, effects and then uh, i think some of the the digital effects you could say a couple of them might be a bit dated quote unquote but i actually think because of the psychedelic nature of the story like some of the the video coloring and some of the offsets and staticky looking images and stuff actually work pretty well yeah they do Um, and yeah and when coming down to the like the last scene in the hallway in the apartment uh, with um, with uh, Ed Jessup and, and Emily uh, after he is you know come back from the edge and it kind of overtakes him again the, the scene that I described as not really a not really being able to describe what happened and I'm gonna stick with that but there's a lot of like really bizarre special effects or some sort of a creature effect of a like kind of melting man thing that happens yeah and then there's a lot of like video um wish i remembered what they call that kind of thing but something they would produce uh effects they used to produce in, in old television shows all the time by manipulating uh video signals and kind of making things turn odd colors and and such but it, yeah. it's a nice mashup of all that stuff it, it it's works. it's essentially the video for uh you know take me on from <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah uh yeah yeah it's got some similarities there surely yeah i mean <laughs> especially it's... to that era of mtv there's a lot of that kind of stuff so i mean wasn't that a isn't that influenced from this movie oh probably very well could be yeah i think um yeah the um yeah aha's take on me Apparently was formally inspired by the film, the last scene of that video where he's banging himself against the wall. It's just fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I don't know. I think one of the things I really liked about this movie too, when it first came out, was just kind of the the idea of it, like that you could almost like a mental time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, minus the yeah. whole like, and you become what you time travel to see kind of thing. That's fucked up. But right. uh, overall, though, yeah, that was something that I once I saw it, I, it really resonated with me. It's like, oh, I, I've never thought of that idea before, like a, a, a mental time travel. Yeah, would be like really connecting kind of a cool with idea. yeah prior humans via some sort of shared consciousness experience. Like, um, yeah, because he yeah. talks about going back in like geologic time, and it's crazy. Yeah, uh, and and he. He, God, he played such a great kind of nutcase, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, it, it just—it's something that always it and, always strikes me when I see this one. And you could tell he starts to come unhinged. Like he's—he's he's obviously from the get-go. He's your, you know, stereotypical mad scientist. He's obviously way off the rails already. Like into this research. Even when you first meet him, and then years go by, and then years go by again, 
Um, but yeah, when he really starts to lose it in this, he's a, it's a good performance by Liam Hurt. He's he's very convincing. Um, I think of you know this type of person, at least this type of person really exists. I think it'd be people that just get so obsessed with their um, their research or their work, and I, and I don't know how many times they actually like throw themselves into personal peril or those around them. But I'm, um, but yeah, he's he's just really starts to to lose it, and he's he's good. He, uh, I, yeah. I mean, William Hurt. I mean, um, it's a good good debut performance for especially an actor that's he's you know he's not a kid or anything, so it's interesting that this is his first major, his first uh, movie, but. Um, he's obviously, I would say, at least in his late twenties, if not early thirties, here. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and this came out in nineteen eighty. So, yeah. Um, but uh, and and I guess that's something that that Ken Russell does a lot, right? In hiring a lot of, like you mentioned, like a lot of like not huge stars all the time. Yeah. Yeah. True. So so that works out. That works. I out also feel well. like. Ken Russell has a really good grasp on these characters and, and this is only going to be the second character that I'm going to reference but these like and I don't know maybe maybe you'll think differently but these scientist characters seem to have some credibility when often in movies I think we talked about this with evolution and stuff like they they have scientist characters that don't so much seem like real uh you know scientists quote unquote um I feel like you know Edward Jessup and and uh, Bob uh, it's Bob Babylon's, whatever you say his last name, um, Balaban's character, and um, Charles Hayde as Mason Parrish, who's a medical doctor in this. Um, I think they, they seem believable. I also think that the uh, character that Peter Capaldi played in uh, Lair of the White Worm was a very convincing, like, realistic, you know, yeah. scientist. Yep. Yeah, like we were commenting on that one with that, yeah. that review. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he he gets scientists pretty well, better than most directors. That where you know there there can be some down to earth, but in many cases, not, I'm not even gonna say a majority, but just in many cases, you have people that are just almost obsessed with this research. Um, and that's in, in any field. And, of course, it always makes for a good character in a science fiction movie. Because nobody wants to see the yeah. movie about the scientist who, like, kind of gives a shit. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> you always want the person who's, <laughs> who's like, climbing the walls insane, obsessed. Because the guy who's, like, or the or the, the woman who's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I, I, I do research on, on, you know, chaos theory. And, oh, yeah, might open a door to another universe. I don't know. Maybe. Nobody yeah. wants to see that. It's, it's the... Well, um, Arguably, because we get the Peter P- Peter Venkman type characters and things True. like Ghostbusters, but yeah, he, True. <laughs> he's definitely one of those. <laughs> yeah, one of those. Oh, we, we might see more of that in uh, some upcoming episodes too. Yeah, regarding yeah. bizarre science and and so on. But uh, but yeah, I guess and this is kind of a nice lead-in since we'll be talking about some movies about that. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, yeah, I think we actually unintentionally made a little trilogy here, but. Yeah, I think so, well, with what we have planned. But, yeah, this is one I'm still... I'm always surprised this one doesn't have a bigger following. Yeah, I don't hear this brought up a whole lot. And I was actually um, pleasantly surprised when, when you brought it up because I had kind of almost forgot about it. And I was almost going to say we should do something for William Hurt. And I think I was about to recommend History of Violence because that's a great movie. Yeah, it is. Um, and... But when you said altered states, I'm like, oh yeah, that that is more perfect for for the show, I think, and it just it fits, and it's just such a bizarre like movie, and I just don't hear people talk about it enough because it's 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 pretty good. Like I I think from uh, and I I certainly would classify this as a horror film. It's maybe not um, what everybody wants to get out of a horror film, but it it is uh, certainly lots of body horror, lots of cool uh, horrific imagery, great special effects. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, I, it, I was gonna say I think one of the things that's nice about the density of it, and you brought that up, like it's dense but not in a bad way. And I think mm. one of the things is that the story is complex and strange enough where you can, you know, when, when you're watching this, you can 
you can actually get pulled into it every time because this movie does require you to really pay attention. Otherwise, you're, yeah. you're, you can watch it, but it's just going to be crazy as hell. So yeah. it does require that you focus a bit. And uh, that... I think that's something in its benefit for the for the density of the of the way that the story's told. Yeah, and I think it just comes from the density of the script. I mean, this is this movie has so much dialogue. I was actually like thinking like as as they were performing some of these scenes or the cast was doing some of these scenes and they were doing them in like long takes and such. I was like, wow, they this is prep that you know they would have to do for the stage. And I think I think the actor, the writer, the guy uh, Peter Chayette. Chayefsky, uh Patty Chayefsky, sorry, um, was a was a was a playwright as well, and possibly mm-hmm. at one point maybe this was thought of or as, as a stage play. I don't know. I'm not positive of that, but I certainly see it in the style, and I see it in the style of um, the way Ken Russell made the film as well. So it's yeah. Uh, I think those kind of that kind of a script or giving the actors that much to talk about and. Um, I think it just lends itself to those like longer, longer takes, multi, um, you know, two, three shots, not a lot of close-ups and cutaways and, and such. So, it's a, and, which is interesting for Ken Russell because I think he's in other films I've seen of his is kind of the opposite, but it's obviously a reaction to the script and and I think a conscious effort on his part, at least as I understand it, to attempt to get along with the the writer. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah. sometimes that works better than others. Yeah. Um, overall, the the film was. I mean, it, it's it is well reviewed when it is brought up. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it has a, an eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. If that means anything to you, um, and and it's it's still it's kind of considered a classic in a way. I mean, it's been referenced by a lot of other films and and music videos, of course, mm-hmm. uh, but. But still, it's not something that's discussed maybe as much, which is one of the reasons why we picked it. But yeah, when when you ta- start talking to people about their favorite science fiction movies, this is rarely one that's brought up. And even if you removed, you know, franchise things like Star Wars, Star Trek, or whatever, um, I think it might just it's I think it might just be too weird for some people. Yeah, I I think it. It's a brave movie in a lot of ways, and I think that a lot of the uh, contemporary reviews picked up on that. Mm-hmm. And that's that in you know this is a this is a movie that's three three years after Star Wars came out the same year as uh, I guess is Empire eighty one maybe but anyway contemporary to the sequel to Star Wars, and um, it couldn't be like more different than than something like that. Not that that one type of cinema is superior to the other, but like this is a very, you know, dense and cerebral horror film. Um, it requires a little bit of input from, you know, its audience. You have, like you said, you have to listen to it because mm-hmm. it's going to pitch some really out there ideas to you. And you need to at least be kind of on board with those ideas or at least under have your head wrapped around a little bit. So that ultimately it can blow your mind at the end, because I think if you don't really get into what is going on, then it just it literally will make no sense. And even the parts that are a little hard to maybe put into words, I think if you get the premise or you really wrap your head around the premise, it 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 gets you there. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, and the it also wrapped up in all all of this. Um, you know, I think we're <laughs> potentially making it sound not that appealing, but it's also a really effective, like, monster movie, body horror movie. Um, there's, a you know, some great scenes of the uh, the caveman creature um, chasing people around at the, the, the lab and such, uh, and then then escaping out into the community as well and um, ending up in the zoo in a scene that kind of reminds me of the uh, zoo scene in... Uh, it doesn't remind me of the zoo scene in, in um, American World in London, but that's kind of where... No, I see the parallel, though. Like, yeah. Obviously, the other one's very funny, and it is not in Altered States. There's not much funny in this movie at all. It's very... very uh, yeah, very really. Serious, yeah, it's like. very serious. It's Yeah, that's a good point. It's a very humorless film. It, it definitely takes itself very, very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, it sure uh, does. And, and I think that's I think that's partly because of the you know uh, the screenwriter's passion for it you know whether that 
shot himself in the foot with that or not, but <laughs> um, it, you obviously can see that. So, yeah. So, did you have any, um, I don't know, final thoughts or grade for altered states? Yeah, I have one quick mention, and that was just: Did you catch the uh, John Larroquette uh, cameo? Yeah, as the X-ray technician, <laughs> yeah, right? He plays when, an X-ray tech. Yeah, that has a, just a couple lines. Yeah, when they uh, when they take him to because he can't speak when he comes through, and yeah, they have to. Wasn't that the part when they have to X-ray his? Yeah, throat yeah, for they that? have to yeah. X-ray him because yeah, he could just basically grunt because the entire physiology of his neck has changed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't, so his vocal cords do not work. But yeah, John yeah. Larroquette plays a an X-ray technician. So when he's not, you know, the narrator in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he is uh, playing an X-ray tech in altered states. So it's... or being in <laughs> Night Court. Yeah, 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 that too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I this one is a it's a it's an intense watch, but it's really I think rewarding by the time you get through the end of it. Uh, visually, it's I don't know if I'd go as far as stunning, but it's it's really a cool movie to look at. It has everything from great special effects to like straight out bad trip psychedelic kind of visuals to like uh, you know in the ending scene kind of wacky AV like vintage video color stuff. Like we were talking about, I don't remember if that was yeah it was before we hit record, but we were saying that um, you know this is a movie that I have actually never watched in altered states but probably would be quite an interesting one to do so yeah <laughs> so you know since it is called that it's called for i think but maybe maybe um, maybe a, a numerous viewings to get you through it um, yeah yeah i could see this i could see this being a, a hard movie to watch yeah maybe it'll be a, maybe it's a little bit too much but yeah <laughs> um, depends on a lot of variables <laughs> yeah that's true there's certainly it's it's a bit out there because um, it, it's got a really like odd concept, but it's a cool concept. And I think if you're into that, then uh, you'll get a kick out of it. It's uh, it does have the tendency to get a little bit crushed under its own weight, but then you know, but then right about when it's about to go too far, they'll throw you some good visuals. They'll throw you, you know, caveman monster type <laughs> scenario yeah. and, and all that stuff. So. Um, Ultimately, I think it's it's about the human experience and, and what's truly important to life. I guess we didn't really get into that, like the, the journey that Jessup has throughout this movie and the realizations he comes to. It takes him going all the way back to that, you know, that, that original moment uh, to finally realize that you know, and be content in his own life. Like come back and be like, oh, OK, well, I, I'm finally here. Like I get it now. Um, right. So there's that. There there is like a, a I think a cool message, at, by the time you rolled in at the end of it, and he's got a he's got an interesting journey as a character. Um, yeah, I don't know. Plus, it's just a lot of great trippy shit in this one, and uh, good effects. I like Russell's direction. I think it's really appropriate for the script. It's not a really typical Ken Russell movie, uh, except when it is. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a good one. I think I would give this a solid B. It's not a perfect movie. I think, like I said, it does get a little bit crushed under its own weight. It's a little bit talky uh, to start off, and it does demand a little bit of you in those talky parts to, to stay engaged with it. But I think it I think it's a, it's well worth it at the end of the day. I think that's totally fair. Um, yeah, this one, it's, it's a... Thought-provoking, kind of intriguing little science fiction film, uh, which it, it not is you know is not part of a franchise, and it's not like an action sci-fi. It's literally a science fiction horror film, um, but very intelligently written, intelligent concepts. Yeah, it's it's a little bit stoner fodder, but in a but it's high stoner fodder. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. the The talkiness works, but sometimes it it does get kind of held back by its own. I don't want to say bloat because it's not bloat, but it's uh, kind of seriousness, and and you have to be very very careful in listening to the dialogue, and, and that can get a little tedious at times. And then you're left with these really fantastic and bizarre special effects. So I'm going to echo a lot of the same same uh, sentiments, but I'm probably going to land also right around a, a B. It's got some problems uh, in in its pacing and 
kind of in its script it could show a little more than tell but overall what it does show is pretty phenomenal and what it does tell is also pretty great too and the performances especially William Hurt uh, are, are top notch but of course we would love to hear what any of our listeners have to say of Altered States uh, have you seen this one before or what are your, what's your favorite uh, uh, movie from, from our uh, departed lead in this one uh, please feel free to send any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junk Air Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at uh, Video Junk Air Podcast as well as on Twitter at Video Junk Pod. So if you write it, we'll read it, and we'd love to hear from you. And if you like what you hear, we do have a Patreon page. Um, there's lots of ways to give and different perks for each different uh, different level of donation. Every do- every bit we do collect through donations goes right back into the show. Um, one of the things I do know that we will be beginning to do again is there will be exclusive content for uh, Patreon subscribers. So make sure to get over to Patreon and um, yeah, check that out. Um, coming up on the podcast, and we'll hope that you will join us for what we were talking earlier about the uh, accidental kind of interlinking with altered states with the, our, the couple of subsequent shows that we already had planned uh we're going to be watching uh, inner space and my science project so all three kind of 80s sciencey movies um i think the other two are a little lighter in tone but <laughs> we'll uh, we'll uh come and uh check those out with us and coming up at that we're gonna look at some uh some comedies uh we're gonna look at some nick cage movies um another visit to 80s science fiction and some kung fu movies in the distant future uh but stay with us and if any of that stuff sounds good i hope you'll come back and join us again on the video junkyard podcast we want to thank you once again for listening and if you've enjoyed please feel free to uh share around and until next time this is the video junkyard podcast i'm joe peterson i'm eric o'branson have a good evening Everybody's looking for their true selves. We're all trying to fulfill ourselves, understand ourselves, get in touch with ourselves, face the reality of ourselves, explore ourselves, expand ourselves. Ever since we dispensed with God, we've got nothing but ourselves to explain this meaningless horror of life. You're wacko. I think that that true self, that original self, that first self is a real mensurate, quantifiable thing tangible and incarnate (laughs) and I'm going to find the fucker you have been listening to the video junkyard podcast I do wish we could chat longer but I'm having an old friend you just can't let them go go stay on the road We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.